great and I am thankful. He is good and I am thankful. He is the reason I am here and I am thankful. He is an awesome God and he is worthy of praise. He is worthy of worship. I'd like to pray for these tithes and offerings today. Before we pray for these tithes and offerings today, the Lord was speaking to me a little bit earlier, earlier this morning. And what he said to me, and this is for me, and I don't know if it's for anybody else. He said, you may not feel like you have much to give, but everything that you have, give it. That's what, was, that's what he spoke to me this morning, because sometimes I feel like I have nothing to give. But there is always something to give. We just have to get to that God. It's yours. It belongs to you. Because there's something there within us if we would just stir it up and stir it up and reach to him. So could we just pray this morning? Lord Jesus, I pray this morning for these tithes and offerings. We may feel like we have nothing to give, Jesus, but of what I have, I give to you, my God. I give you my praise. I give you my worship. And I pray, God, a blessing upon your people today. I pray that you bless this tithes and these offerings this morning. I pray that you would meet the need of every man, woman, and child according to your will and your purpose, Jesus. Because you are faithful, God. You are a faithful God. And I put my trust in you today, Jesus. Because you are faithful. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Circumstance, you're good. 
I will choose to wander. I will choose to worship. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. Can we sing that again? I will choose to bless you. I will choose to praise you. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. I will choose to wander. I will choose to worship. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. You're good. You're good. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. Can we sing that again? You're good. You're good. You're good. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 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 I will choose. I will choose to bless you. I will choose to praise you. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. I will choose to wander. I will choose to worship. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 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 You're good. You're good. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. Can we believe that today? You're good. You're good. No matter what my circumstance, you're good. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. I bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we just bless him together right now? We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. You are worthy of our worship. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. We magnify and worship you, Lord. 
We praise and exalt you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there's, there are, I, I've been some places in my 50 years of living, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget when I visited a church one time, and it was, um, it was really strange for me. Um, I understand I'm not, I'm not finding fault. I'm just telling you what was strange for me. It was strange for me as I went in, and there was like this beautifully robed choir, and they were filled the whole I mean, there were probably, I don't know, not exaggeration, probably 300 of them up there. And they stood and they sang. I don't understand a word. I don't understand a word they said. But they sang, and the melody sounded nice. But everybody just sat and watched and listened. I was like, this is strange. Again, I'm not finding fault. I'm saying it was strange for me. Because it, it wasn't a concert. It was supposed to be coming to church. And so I was, I was, I was like, are we going to join in anywhere along the way here? Or are we just going to watch this take place? See, there's, there's a reason the scripture says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's in the book. There's a reason the scripture says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's in the book. So what you're witnessing this morning is an outflow of worship. Worship. Would you one more time with me? If you have breath, would you obey the word of God this morning and let everything that hath breath, however that sounds to you, it's opening your mouth and letting words of expression, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, you are the reason that we are here this morning. We magnify and glorify you, the living God. You are worthy of our worship, worthy of our praise. And we exalt you without whom we can do nothing. But with you all things are possible, Lord. We magnify you today. Jesus, we magnify you today. And we praise your name. We praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated if you like. Thank you for leading us in worship this morning. Praise God. I'm going to dismiss teachers to their classroom before I forget. And would you grab your Bible with me? Amen. So good to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. If you're a guest, welcome. We're honored that you're here. You've probably figured it out already. He is the reason we're here. He's the reason we worship. I feel his presence in a very divine way, and I'm thankful for that, aren't you? 
Amen. It's always good to see the walkers when they come our way. Glad to see the walkers here this morning. God bless them. I, um, I, am, I find myself this morning thinking about Jesus. And um, the scripture that he prompted to me over here sort of caught me by surprise. I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't know about that. Not like I wasn't questioning him. I'm just, you understand, I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, we, we have seasons in our calendar. Oh, I'm supposed to dismiss the kids. I got to look. Children ages 4 to 11, you're dismissed to your class. We sent the teachers. The teachers are down there, but there's no kids. Praise God. Can you tell I'm ready to go? In Jesus' name. almost forgot. Wonderful to see Bishop and Sister Schoonover. God bless you. Amen. We may hear from one or both of them here in a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. We have seasons in our calendar. Right? We have, and we have these holidays that hit the calendar along the way, right? We have Christmas. And Christmas, we celebrate, some celebrate the birth of Christ. And we see Jesus in a manger. On straw, maybe, a little wooden V. That's how I've always seen the manger. I'm not sure that's what it looked like, but there we, we get the picture, right? And so we, we see him in a manger. And then we have Easter. And Easter we get this picture of Jesus and we see Jesus on a cross. And then we see a picture of a cave with the stone removed and it's empty. And we have these pictures of Jesus. I've never seen anybody wearing a manger around their neck, like a little manger. Anybody ever seen that? No, me neither. I, I have seen people wear crosses. I'm, I'm not faulting that. You understand? I'm just talking. We have, we have seasons. And, we, and we, what happens is we put, we, society puts Jesus in these places, and it's very comfortable to leave him there. I'll put him in the manger. I'll put him on the cross. And, and that's how I know him. And I, I, I come to know him in those places. And it's, it's beautiful. It's, it, it's good to celebrate those things. They have a place, but they, they limit the story and the purpose and the function and the reality of who he is and why he came. But it's convenient to leave him there. It's convenient to put him in a manger and leave him there. It's convenient to put him on a cross, and we know he didn't stay there, but it's convenient in my relationship, if I'm not careful, to not go any further than the cross and leave him there. I, I, remember, I remember this morning, I was just thinking about this, and sorry you're getting all this just in the last few minutes here. I, I was remembering, man, it's been a few years ago now. I get in trouble if I try to peg the time. Probably 18 years ago, maybe, maybe longer. Anybody remember the movie, the movie, The Passion of the Christ that came out? Yeah. Uh, when that movie came out, right, it, it stirred up a lot of stuff. There was a lot of conversation around it and stuff like that. 
And uh, so people were talking about it. So it was a great opportunity to have conversation. Right? It opened the door of conversation with people that may not have been open before because they were aware of this movie of Christ's suffering. And uh, if you saw the end of the movie, after he died, they just showed a tomb and then light coming out of it, if I'm remembering right. I haven't seen it in a long, long, long time. But. And um, I remember one day in a moment of inspiration, and Bishop and I went up to Seattle. I don't know if he remembers. I'm sure he remembers. We had these flyers made, and him and I went to, we started in Pioneer Square, didn't we? And we were going around talking to people if they'd seen the passion. And these flyers were, after the passion, now what? Something like that. Is that how it was? Yeah. And so, what was it? There was something that was trying to get people to take Jesus beyond the cross. You see, we we have to take him, not really take him, but allow him to go where he intended to go. The manger served a purpose, but it was just for him to come and wrap himself in flesh. The cross served clearly a purpose. It was for him to die and shed his blood. The tomb served a purpose for him to prove he was not only able to resurrect, but he was the resurrection. But that's not the end. And so I feel the compelling of the Spirit of God this morning saying, where are you allowing me to go from there? And and here's the scripture. Acts chapter 1. Verse number 8. Jesus is talking here. He's standing on the Mount of Olives. He has clearly not in the manger anymore. Clearly not on the cross anymore. Clearly not in the tomb anymore. He's now been alive 40 days. And here he is standing on the Mount of Olives talking to approximately 500 people that are gathered there with him. And he says to them, verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken... now. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. That means, verse 8, was the last words the man, Christ Jesus, ever spoke on the earth You with me? Pretty important. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you can read John 14. Jesus said, the Holy Ghost is going to come in my name. Now watch. Verse 10, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which said, you men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which 
is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then return they to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Still with me? Verse 13. These are the people that heard this message from the Lord Jesus. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Lotus, and Judas the brother of James. Now watch verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. You know, there are some who would exalt Mary to a place of almost deity. But Mary recognized this promise from the Lord Jesus Christ. She realized this is more than just a child I gave birth to. So Mary, along with all the disciples, were there. She wasn't there overseeing the proceedings. She was there just like you and I are here, going, I want to be a part of whatever he's going to do. This promise that he said after he, right before he ascended, I want to be a part of whatever the Lord Jesus Christ is going to do. You understand, she wasn't there going, I'm waiting for my son to do something. She was there going, I recognize my son was more than just a child. I was honored by God to give birth to. He was the Christ, the living God. And so she was there to receive as well. I've, I've watched, it's funny, we, my wife and I, we now have two little kids in our house through the course of the week. She babysits. We got these little kids, Eli and Ruby. And uh, I watched my wife dote over these two little kids. And, you know, my, my son's come over for dinner, and she's telling them all about what Ruby and Eli did and showing them pictures and talking about it. And I'm thinking, they're like, we're your kids. Right? Practicing sister's conversation. And so, what is it? There's something about a mom that once their kids get older, they don't see their kids older. They always look back. Any moms in here know what I'm talking about? Oh, and you were just, I saw Dallas while I go back there. I'm like, oh my goodness. She grew up. And, and moms look back. They remember. They remember when they were... And I think sometimes we think Mary did that. It would have been easy for her to just live and leave, leave Jesus in the manger, reflecting on the manger, reflecting on Egypt, reflecting on when he was 12 and they, they left him in Jerusalem and didn't know where he was and had to go back and find him. And I'm sure she thought about those things. But we need to understand Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, made it clear to us Mary was there in the upper room because Mary recognized, I need what God is going to bring I'm not here as somebody that's an elite person that has super status. I'm a lady just like these other ladies and these other human beings in the room. I need what is coming from the Father, the promise of the Father, Luke 24. I'm here in need. She was recognizing this, and so she was there. She was there that day, and you can read it 
in Acts chapter 2. They're gathered there together on the day of Pentecost, which is just 50 days after Passover. Pentecost means 50. 50 days after the Passover, when it was fully come, in verse number 1, Acts 2 and 1, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Who's each of them? All the people in the upper room, right? So it sat upon Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, and right? And all the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. All of them. All of them. Say that with me. All of them. So these flames of fire, what appeared like flames of fire, sat on each of them. Verse 4, what happened to each of them? And they were all, how many? All. All. So James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and, and all the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. She wasn't some, she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, just like the disciples. Why? Because she recognized, I need the indwelling spirit of God, just like everybody else. And whatever this promise of the father is. I haven't become somebody because he used me in a certain way. I thank God for the way he's used me. But the way he's used me doesn't make me better than anybody else. It doesn't give me an exalted platform above everybody else. The way he's used me is simply revealed to me. I want him to continue using me. And for him to continue using me, I need to posture myself to receive all that he has for me. You with me? Now, I don't know why we started there, but there we are. Now, go with me. Fast forward to Acts chapter 3. We're not going to read the whole book of Acts this morning, I promise. It would be okay if you wanted to take the time. It's only 39 pages, depending on which Bible you have. So, Some of you sat down and read 100 pages in a novel in a day before. So, don't read the book of Acts. All right. It, isn't it... Little side note, isn't it funny? We'll get a book or a novel and we'll read we'll read 50, 60, 70 pages, and we'll get our Bible and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read one chapter today. I'll read one chapter today. I checked my list and I read my one chapter today. Just a thought. Just a thought. I'm gonna stop. Okay. I, just let that. Lord, help me. So now, so now we have all these names that we read. There were about 120 people. Clearly, we didn't see all 120 names. But Luke listed those that were there. He gave us a few names so we would get a picture. Were the names that he listed more important than the other 100 names, 110 names that he didn't list? He just wanted us to have a sense of how important it was and who didn't exclude themselves. Nobody had arrived. They were there together waiting on the Lord. Now, 
So we just read in chapter 2, 1 through 4, they all were filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them words to speak. The utterance of God's Spirit began to flow out of their mouth in languages they hadn't learned. And if you read all of Acts chapter 2, it says the different nations that were there, they heard these people speaking in their own language the wonderful works of God. Languages they hadn't learned. This expression of the Spirit of God flowing through their life when they were filled with the Holy Ghost. What's a ghost? Not Casper. A ghost is a spirit, right? I, I think once we get like, like if we progress intellectually, we say Holy Spirit instead of Holy Ghost. Um, I'm, I'm being silly, but you, you, read, you read the King James, it uses Holy Ghost. I've, I've been with some people where they've read and they've changed it to Holy Spirit when they, like they don't want to say Holy Ghost. I don't know. But I don't care if you say Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. They're both in the, it's okay. A ghost is a spirit. We agree? A ghost is a spirit of a departed one. We agree? The spirit of a departed one. We read in Acts 1, Jesus departed. Yes? The Holy Ghost, whose spirit is that? The spirit of the departed one. Why do people want to make that Holy Ghost some other person? It's not another person. It's the spirit of the departed one. Jesus, I am not Jesus. I'm not acting like Jesus. Well, I'm acting, but just so we have a picture. Jesus is standing on the Mount of Olives. He has been dead for three days. He's come out of the grave. He's walked around Jerusalem for 40 days, showing himself alive to people, declaring the kingdom of God. He's standing on the Mount of Olives with 500 people. He declares to them, you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Now you go wait in Jerusalem until that promise of the Father comes, which you're going to receive of me. He's standing there and he departs. We just read that, right? We call it the ascension. He departed. But you go read John 14. He said, I go away, but I will come again. And he said, I'm with you, but I shall be in you. This spake he of the Holy Ghost. It was the spirit of the departed one returning to dwell in the lives of those that would follow him. When they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Matthew, James, all, all the, those names, and the other hundred or so, out of the 120, when they all received the Holy Ghost, they received the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ dwelling inside of them. He went from a manger. They didn't leave him there. He moved from the cross. They didn't leave him there. They let him go where he wanted to go. And you know where he wanted to go? He said, I don't want to be relegated to a manger one day a year. I don't want to be relegated to a cross. I don't even want to be relegated to an empty tomb. I want to dwell in you. This is the determined direction of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to dwell in you. My purpose, design, desire for coming ultimately is this, to dwell and abide in you. If we leave him in the manger, if we leave him on the cross, 
We have not yet allowed Jesus to go everywhere he wants to go. He wants to live in us. And even Mary experienced that. The indwelling Christ. Now watch. Pray with me just a moment. In the name of Jesus. Open our understanding to receive so that you can do all that you want to do. According to your purpose and your plan and desire through every vessel that is yielded unto you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus said in, in the book of John. He said, I don't do anything except the Father does it. He said, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. I don't do anything except the Father does it through me. But then he said, because he was talking about the receiving of the Holy Ghost. Then he said, but greater works than these shall you do. Now, he said that after he said, I don't do anything except the Father does it that's in me. What was Jesus saying? Here's what he was saying. You're going to do greater works, but you have to remember what I just told you. The works that I'm doing, I'm not doing them. It's the Father that dwells in the man, Christ Jesus, that's doing the work. The Spirit of the Father. And so when he said, greater works than these shall ye do in that context, what he was saying was, once I dwell in you, the promise of the Father in you, once I dwell in you, greater works will be done through you. See how that fits with what Jesus said right before he ascended? You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The purpose of the indwelling Christ is to manifest himself through a vessel that avails itself to him. It's so he can continue to minister in the earth. Now watch. So we see John. We're going to see this example. Acts chapter 3. Very familiar to us. I'm going to give you the condensed version. Peter and John are on their way to prayer. That's what we see there. About the ninth hour. They'd gone this way all the time. Verse 2. There was a certain man there was lame from his mother's womb. Couldn't walk. From his mother's womb since he'd been a child. They carried, whoever they were, they carried him daily, laid him at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. And there he asked alms to everybody that came in. Hey, have you got some spare change? Hey, have you got some? Can you help me? Okay, this is a day in the life of people in Jerusalem at that time. Verse 3, he's laying there by the gate. He's doing what he's done every day for his whole life, or at least since he's been old enough to do so. Asking alms. Peter and John passed by. Peter and John would have passed him before. This isn't the first time they would have passed him because they went daily to prayer. And he was laid daily. But this day was different. This day they were filled with the indwelling spirit of God. This day they were not who they'd been before. This day they had been transformed by the supernatural infilling of the Holy Ghost. And this day when he said to them, alms... Something arrested the Spirit of God within Peter and John. It wasn't the man Peter. It wasn't the man John. It was the indwelling Spirit of Christ. And it arrested him. And when he said, alms, Peter stopped and fastened, the Bible says, his eyes upon him. They stopped and looked at him. I imagine Peter and John going, did you feel that too? Together they looked. You know, we make them like, well, they were, they were disciples. 
we must fasten our eyes upon him. Oh, they were human beings like you and I. They were going through their daily living, and they were walking past this gate. It was part of their daily routine. And they're walking in, and they heard him alms. But this time when he said it, it was different. They'd heard it before. But something that was dwelling in them was gripped by his words. The need and the cry of the need reached into the heart of Peter and John, reached to the Spirit of God that now dwelt in them. And they looked on him, watch in verse number 5. They said, look on us, and he gave heed to them. He's thinking, I'm getting ready to get some silver and gold coins. Verse 6, Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I'm giving you. What I have, I'm giving you. We need to let that settle in our spirit. What I have, I'm giving you. Brother Martin said it, receiving the offering. He wasn't just talking about financial giving. That's such a small thing. He said, we have something to give. We have something to give. When he has filled us with his spirit, we have something to give. And Peter and John said, we don't have silver and gold, but what we have, we'll give you. And notice, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet, his ankles received strength. And he went leaping and dancing into the temple with them. What did that? Not what did that. Who did that? I'll tell you who did that. The Lord Jesus Christ did that. Where was the Lord Jesus Christ? He was the indwelling spirit in Peter and in John. And the indwelling spirit of Christ. Who's, is this registering in your spirit right now? The indwelling spirit of Christ. Desiring to do the work of the Father. Remember what Jesus said? I do only that which the Father tells me to do. I don't do the work. The nature of God does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we see Jesus walking the earth in his three and a half years of ministry. Everything we see is an expression in the nature of God. And the will and the desire of God. And so when he came and filled us with the Holy Ghost, his nature did not change. His desire did not change. And so when we yield to the indwelling spirit of God, he does what he did when he walked for three and a half years. And this is what happened. They took him up and went leaping. Now, this caused quite an uproar. You would think people would be celebrating. This is wonderful. This is what a great thing. Praise God. This man that we have seen. What a glorious work of God. But oh no. There was a problem. Here was the problem. Peter and John had said, In the name of Jesus. And that was the problem. Read it. Now, skip down. Chapter 3. Verse 10. I like the way this reads in the New Living Translation. I brought it, but we won't take the time there. Verse 10, Acts 3. And they knew, they's the crowd. in and out of the temple every day. They knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. 
You ever see somebody that looks different than when you saw them before and you go like, and I know that's the same person. But that don't look like the same person. I imagine some of Brother Martin's friends when they see him now. You look like somebody I used to know. And you sound like some. But what happened? These people saw this man. No doubt many of them had somewhere along the journey out of compassion given him some alms when they passed by. And he called their name. They had seen him. He'd been there every day, every day, every day, every day. And they'd seen him. But they looked and they knew who it was. Do you think it's coincidence that the Lord chose to do something that everybody knew who he was? They knew who he was. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They were marveling over this thing. They couldn't believe it. And as the lame man, which was healed, verse 11, held Peter and John. He's holding on to him. He's like, thank God. All the people ran together to him in the porch that's called Solomon's, greatly wondering. When Peter saw it, he answered the people, The New Living Translation says, when Peter saw the opportunity in front of him, he answered the people, you men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why are you surprised by this? Or why do you look so earnestly on us, on Peter and John? Why do you look at us as though by our own power or by our own holiness we made this man to walk? See, Peter's saying, we didn't do this. Don't look at us like we're somebody. Don't get your focus in the wrong place. We were just simply vessels. Why do you look at us like we did this? Verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when Pilate was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One, the just, and you desired a murder. Man, Peter wasn't holding back, was he? It's easy to forget. Whoa. Can you imagine saying that to some people? Let me tell you who did this. The one that you murdered. The one that you said. That's exactly what Peter was saying to these people. We can read over that and miss that. But there was a boldness of the Spirit of God that knew the heart of men. And what was he trying to do? The very God that had died and rose again and now dwelt in Peter and John was trying to bring those people to a place of conviction to recognize Jesus was the Messiah. He was the living God robed in flesh. He came to deliver you and you missed it. But I'm here now in Peter and John reaching to you again through the utterance of the Spirit through these men. And so Peter declares with boldness, You denied the Holy One, the just. You desired a murder to be granted you. Verse 15, you killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Now watch verse 16. This is where it started getting problematic for those. It was all good when it was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was all good when it was the Holy One and just. But then Peter says, And his name. Through faith in his name. Has made this man strong. Whom you see and you know. Now watch. Yes the faith which is by him. Hath given him this perfect soundness. In the presence of you all. And now brethren I want that through ignorance you did it. You killed him not knowing. As did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all of his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has fulfilled. Repent and be converted so your sins would be blotted out. And the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Watch verse 20. 
And he shall send who? Who's he going to send? It, it, is, is the man Christ Jesus that we read in Acts 1 that departed from the Mount of Olivet, is he going to come back and robe himself in flesh again there? Peter says, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Remember John? Jesus said to the disciples, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Peter and John were declaring to those that had witnessed the healing power of Jesus Christ on the lame man. You see this miracle? Why are you so amazed at this? We didn't do this. This was the very spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. By his name and through faith in his name, this man stands here in front of you. And you need to recognize that you crucified him. You offered him up. But if you'll repent and be converted, you'll be refreshed. And he will send Jesus Christ. What's he talking about? The Holy Ghost. He'll send the Holy Ghost to you. You'll receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I finish where we're closer than we were. Acts chapter 4. Watch. Now you would think everybody would be rejoicing, celebrating. Isn't this wonderful? But there's a problem. And we see it in verse 1 of chapter 4. As they spake to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple. Here we're seeing where the problem is it's with all the religious people. Right? The priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, those were all religious people. While they're speaking, these came upon them. Not rejoicing, not going, let's see what happened. This is amazing. This is wonderful. Tell us what happened. No, no, no. Watch verse 2. Being grieved. Why were they grieved? They were grieved that they taught the people and that they preached through Jesus Resurrection from the dead. See, because if you study the scripture, the Sadducees don't believe in a resurrection. The Pharisees believe in a resurrection, but the Sadducees don't believe in a resurrection. And so the Sadducees, their religious belief. You with me? Their religious belief. Now, there were many who were Sadducees in that day. They were religious people. I believe they loved God. They had some relationship with God. They knew the word of God. They were faithful to the Old Testament. But there was something being revealed to them that come against their religious tradition. This idea that someone could be resurrected from the dead. And because it opposed what they believed religious, what is the word? Religiously. They were grieved by it. And they rejected what was being offered them in the plan of God because it opposed their religious belief. 
Forget what the Word of God said. They'd move past that. They had created their own religious beliefs. And their religious belief stopped them, caused them to be grieved over an evident work of the Spirit of God. Fast forward. So they're trying to figure out what to do. All these rulers, elders, scribes, high priests, Caiaphas, John, Alexander. That's verse 5 and 6. All these religious leaders are trying to figure out what do we do? What do we do? How do we, how do we get this control? Verse 7. When they'd set them in the midst, that's Peter and John. When they had set them in the midst, they asked by what power? And really what they're saying is, Whose authority are you operating under? By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are examined of the good deed done to the impotent man or the lame man, by what means he's made whole, verse 10, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. Now don't you know this shook them up. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hear me. This is why we pray in Jesus' name. This is why we baptize in water in Jesus' name. This is why we take authority over sickness and disease and demonic spirits and unclean spirits in Jesus' name. This is why we preach the word of God in Jesus' name. All power in heaven and in earth and under the earth is given to him, the scripture says. And he doesn't want to be relegated to a manger or a cross. He desires to fill you and I with his spirit. Now, how do we know? Stand with me, please. How do we keep him from being limited to a manger or a cross or just an empty tomb? Well, I think we look at what the church in the book of Acts did. And that becomes our example of what God wants to do still. And how you and I fulfill our part in making sure he doesn't stay relegated to one of those religious observances. You understand our world today, you and I today, we don't need more religious observances. We need the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We need the operative function of the Spirit of God in, with, and through our lives for His purpose in the earth. I'm not interested in just coming to church to say I came to church on a Sunday morning. I want to see the will and work of the Spirit of God every day, everywhere I go. And He wants to work everywhere, every day, everywhere you and I go. 
This is the desire of God for us. This is the plan of God with you. With you. You're saying, well, but I'm not. No, no, no. Disregard that. It's not about what you and I are. It's about someone being filled with the indwelling spirit of God. Peter and John said, why do you look on us like we did anything? It's not us. It's the indwelling spirit. It's by the name and faith in the name that this man is made whole. They were conduits, yielded vessels. So watch, still in chapter 4. Verse 22 of 21, 4 and 21. So when they, that's all the religious people that had questioned Peter and all them about all this. When they had further threatened them, because they said, stop preaching in the name. They really had issue with the name, didn't they? There's power in the name. And I... Watch. In the world we live in today, there is going to be more and more rising up who are taking issue with the name of Jesus. Talk about God all you want. Talk about the Holy One, all you want. But there, Jesus said, you'll be persecuted of all men for my name's sake. All right, so they further threatened them. They let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them. They wanted to, but they couldn't find anything. And they were afraid of the people too. Because of the people, for all men glorified God for that which was done, which was the purpose anyway. Verse 22, for the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. They recounted the story. And when they heard that, the people that heard the story, when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against your holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Now watch verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart, one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. Finally, verse 33. Not in a manger anymore. Not in a cross anymore. There's something about this empty tomb. But how do they know he's alive still? And with Great power. Say that with me. And with great power. Say it again. And with great power. 
Remember Acts 1? Jesus said, last words, and you shall receive what? You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. The literal translation is, your life will become a witness of me. Not, let me tell you about Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me, not, we should do that. But the literal translation is, your life will become a witness of me. It will be an avenue through which I'll witness. And with great power gave the apostles witness. What did they give witness of? The resurrection. How did they give witness? Oh, Jesus is alive. Oh, Jesus is alive. Oh, Jesus is alive. No. People knew he was alive because he was alive in them. The risen Christ was living in the life of the individual. And the living Christ was doing the work that he had done when he had been robed in flesh, walking the face of the earth. And now is it any wonder that the Holy Ghost, this spirit of the departed one, dwelling in the life of a believer, that that very spirit of God is still doing the same thing he did when he walked the earth. It's why the church is called the body of Jesus Christ. With great power, they gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. The writer of Hebrews called the Holy Ghost the Spirit of grace. You want great grace on your life? You want to give witness of the resurrection? You just need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then yield to the flow of his spirit in and through your life. Would you begin to talk to him with me right now? Come on. It is the desire of the Lord Jesus. Come on. He went to a manger, yes, but that was only so he could come to the earth. He went to a cross only to make a way. I'm opening this altar to you. There is a beckoning of the Spirit of God today that says, I would like to manifest my power and my glory through the church. I would like to manifest my power and my glory to the world where you live, where you work, where you go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, read the book of Acts again. It wasn't a bunch of religious routine. It was power and demonstration day after day when the children of God who were filled with the Spirit of God went to different locations and the Spirit of God that dwelt in them began to minister to people. It was an outflow of the Spirit of God through their lives. They weren't looking for a day a week to just come together and go through religious routine. They were filled with the power of the Lord Jesus. They were filled with the Spirit of the Lord Jesus. And they were a conduit for the Spirit of the Lord to work. 
They were a conduit for the Spirit of the Lord to minister. And it is the desire of the Lord Jesus just the same today to work through you and I to minister to a world that is searching, that is hungry. Just like the man at the gate, beautiful, that was saying, I need alms. He only could ask for things in the natural. He didn't understand his spiritual need. But when a child of God, filled with the Spirit of God, walked by, recognized there is a spiritual need, and the Spirit of the Lord Jesus responded to that man's spiritual need, healed his body, and he became a living testimony of the risen Christ. This is the design of God for you and I, for everyone that will. Come on, if it was enough for Mary, the mother of Jesus, it's enough for you and I. If she determined, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you and I recognize I need to and desire the infilling of the Spirit of God. I don't want to just fill His Spirit around me. I want Him to dwell in me. It's completely different. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, if you have pain in your body right now, if you'll lift your hands and begin to praise him. I believe there is such a witness of the Holy Ghost in this room today that as you begin to exalt and praise him, that by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus, healing can come to right where you are, not by the work of men, but through his name and through faith in his name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's only one God who reigns. There's only one God who loves us, only one worthy of praise, Jesus. There's only one name that saves, there's only one name that frees us, only one name with all power. Jesus, there's only one God who reigns, there's only one God who loves us, only one worthy of praise, Jesus, there's only one name that saves, there's only one name that frees us, only one name with all power, Jesus. All of my heart, all my devotion is yours. Let your matchless name be exalted in all of the earth. 
And I will lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise. I adore you. You are worthy, God, Jesus. Jesus, I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. You are worthy, God. And I will lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise i adore you you are worthy god jesus i will declare to the nations the only name that can save us you are worthy god only one God, only one name, Jesus. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. And I will... Lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise. I adore you. You are worthy, God. Jesus, Jesus, I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. You are worthy, God. God, only one name, Jesus. 
got only one name, Jesus. Only one God, only one name, his name is Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name of Jesus. There's only one God who reigns. There's only one God who loves us. Only one worthy of praise. His name is Jesus. There's only one name that saves. There's only one name that frees us, only one name with all power, his name is Jesus. And all of my heart, all my devotion is yours. Let your matchless name be exalted in all of the earth. And I will lift up the name of the one who is worthy of praise. I adore you. You are worthy, God. Jesus, I will declare to the nations the only name that can save us. You are worthy, God. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. One God, one faith, one baptism in the name, Jesus. Only one God, only one name, Jesus. Only one God. Only one name, Jesus. 
Could we just worship him together? Could we just worship him together? Can we lift up the name above every name? Jesus, we worship you. It's all about you. It's all about you. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, you are good in every way. You are our healer. You are our redeemer. You're a restorer. We worship you. You are the strength of our life, the hope of our calling. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you today, Lord. We praise your name, the name that is above every other name. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we magnify you. Jesus, we glorify you. Let your name be exalted in the earth through your people. Let your name be exalted in the earth. Let your name be exalted in the earth. Let your name be exalted in the earth. I pray the ministry and the manifestation of your spirit through your people, through every vessel that would allow the flow of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Scripture is clear in Romans 8. It says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. When you and I are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the purpose is that we now are led by His Spirit. I no longer walk according to, this is the design, I still have to crucify my flesh every day. But the idea would be I no longer walk according to my flesh or my own will or my own desire but now I seek to yield to His Spirit that dwells within me every day. Everywhere I go, everything I do, I seek to be yield. Peter and it doesn't mean we, we start moving like this. Okay, is this God? Is this God? Uh, no, no. We, we walk and go about our day, and we, we, have, we are in fellowship with Him. We're always in fellowship with Him. And we start in a place of prayer at the beginning of our day in fellowship with Him. And we can fellowship him when he dwells in us. And then we go about our day and, you know, Peter and John were going about their day. I don't, I don't think that Peter and John got up that morning and said, you know what, I think today's the day we're going to say something to that guy with alms. Right? Sometimes we get this picture that in our human nature we think, oh, I've got to understand ahead of time. God, you got to tell me beforehand. No, he doesn't. I just have to be yielded. I just have to be yielded. You ever been driving down a road and saw a detour sign? Like, well, I didn't plan on going this way, but I'm going to go this way now. Anybody ever had that happen? 
Did you stop and get out of your car and say, hold on a minute. I didn't know I was going to have to detour, and I wasn't prepared. You should have told me ahead of time. No, you just recognize, you know what, there's a change of course. I'm going to adapt. This is such as it is being led of the Spirit of God. We get up, and we go about our day. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go to work this morning. And I don't think the Lord's going to tell you, hey, just skip your job today. Call in and lie and say you're sick. Lord won't do that. All right? But you may go to the job and you pass that coworker that you've passed every day. They say hi, and you say hi. And today, when they say something, they say, "You say how are you today?" And they say, "Oh, you know, my husband, this or my wife that." And when they do, you recognize the spirit of God that's in me wants to minister to that person right now, and I have a choice to make. Oh, what will they think? Oh, that's flesh. Well, I don't know what the, that's flesh. The Spirit of God saying, just open your mouth. What do you declare? You declare Jesus. And if you and I will walk and let his spirit lead us, I'm telling you, every day. It doesn't mean fireworks will be going off all the time. It'll be like angels singing in the air around you. No. We, try, we over-spiritualize it sometimes to the point that we dismiss ourselves from simply following the spirit of God that's in us. We recognize, hold on, there's an opportunity here. This is a door. That's what Peter and John did. An opportunity. So what do I do? I want to be led of the Spirit of God. So I start my day going, God, lead me by your Spirit today. Give me a sensitivity. Anoint my mind. Anoint my ears. Anoint my eyes. Anoint my heart, my emotions. I can't do it, but you can. And you're living here, so lead and God. This is a purpose. He fills you with the Holy Ghost so he can lead you and so he can work through you. And then you and I stop disqualifying ourselves. Well, I'm not this. I'm not that. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. And probably right. But he's God. And if his spirit dwells in us, he has no limit except limits I place on him. Amen. Would you thank the Lord with me today for his rich presence, the work of his spirit that's here. There is, there is such a clear flow of the Holy Ghost ministering in this room. Jesus, Jesus, we thank you. I'm telling you, some of you are going to walk out of here, and the Spirit of the Lord is going to manifest himself. There will be opportunity open. The Lord is wanting to do this in the earth. This is the desire of the Lord Jesus to work in the earth. Give us boldness. I pray an impartation of boldness from the Spirit of God. It's you that does the work, Jesus. We're just vessels. We seek no credit. We seek no glory. We seek only that you would be exalted, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' holy name, may the Lord bless you today as you go your way. We'll be here Thursday night. Please keep in prayer. We have this week, we have several... Uh, of our children going to junior camp and I think next week is my dates are goofed next week I think is a bunch of our we got some teenagers going to senior camp and so we got kids traveling for camps this week and next week so keep them in prayer the Lord will have his way amen praise God God bless you greet someone you're dismissed in the name of Jesus Christ